Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm joined here by Carolyn Thomas and Debbie Singh. How are you going, girl? Good, thank you. So we are in our third week of our series on on strongholds and rejection. Um, So we're just going to quickly recap what we talked about last week. Carolyn. Right, I'm glad that they trust me to recap, so I'll try and keep it brief. But <laughs> now we just have a, a joke about the length of Carolyn's answers compared to. <laughs> but I said it's because I've been alive longer, so I had more stuff to deal with. Um, okay, but basically, the, the part that I'd like to really look at or just recap briefly is the intended purpose of a stronghold. And last week we talked about that, well, um, the purposes can come from two different sources and one is the enemy of course and his purpose is to keep us in bondage and uh, I, I spoke about how you could be sitting outside a cage but if you've just got one limb stuck through the bars of the cage then you are still in bondage you can't get up and run and, and be free and whatever and so really bondage even in one small area of one wrong belief system is bondage you can't be partially free you're either free or you're not and you know that's why Jesus died so that we could be free and so Satan's purpose for strongholds and and for encouraging us to develop them and and, you know energizing it would be to keep us in bondage basically and then um, the other purpose that we have that we think we are actually doing it um, building these strongholds that are built to defend belief systems and we're thinking that we're doing it to actually protect ourselves but it doesn't do that either, it just keeps us in further bondage as well. Uh, it's like a chain basically around your leg, I suppose you can go to a certain point and then that will just yank you back again until you actually deal with it and get it out. So is that well, summary? Yeah. So we had a great picture yep. before. Yeah, as, as we were wrapping up last week about um, when we make strongholds, you know, they take a long time to, to come down. And I was just kind of saying to um, to Carolyn and Lena about a picture that I had of, um, it's kind of a little comical picture, a little bit of us, you know, kind of hitching up our skirt. And, but instead of hitching up our skirt to run, it's kind of hitching up our... Um, our fortress, <laughs> our, our beautiful costume of our fortress and running into the fortress of, of Christ and, and his protection. So whilst we're unpacking and un, uh, what's the word? Unbreaking. Demolishing. Unbreaking. <laughs> Unbreaking, yes, <laughs> Demolishing our self-built fortress, we can still gain from the protection of Christ's much larger fortress. And mm. I think that's just a, such a beautiful illustration because we were just talking further and just saying that you do, you know, sometimes it will feel scary and you will feel very vulnerable to take it down because it's all you've known, basically. Mm. And yes, it may have been a bit uncomfortable, but you've basically learned to live with that stone in the shoe and that's all you know. And so sometimes we want to actually hang on to them, as mm. ridiculous as that sounds, because it feel, even though it hasn't protected us, it's still for us out of we know it feels like our safe place. And so I think that picture, Debbie, is beautiful that, while we're feeling vulnerable, we're feeling scared, we are still overshadowed mm. by the Almighty, aren't we, and His fortress. Hopefully that will help people out there, that, yeah. uh, or even us, as, as we do, you know, we know that we have these strongholds, yep. and as we want to break them and, and, and get rid of them, that we can know that we do have that protection yeah, still. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. And so be prepared to take it, and it, you know, it might feel risky and scary, but it's not. Because mm. it's still covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just quickly talk about um, some of the ways we've been sort of dealing with and dismantling the, the strongholds in our, in our lives. 
Um, as I said in a previous um, podcast, really the first step is once you become aware is that you need to repent for accepting and believing the lie. And that really is a very important first step to do. And then, you know, you can ask the Holy Spirit or a trusted godly wise people in your life to, to help you then identify your behaviours and reactions that have actually come out of this. And, you know, only God, His Word and the Holy Spirit can help you to overcome them. And you don't have to do it on your own. And so your first step is repenting, but then you've got to actually retrain your behavior. Because, as I said, the first step is, okay, repent, and then you've got to um, renew your mind and change your thoughts because we actually act out of what we believe and what we think, and we've got to change that. And so for me personally, I found that scriptures and truth are opposite to my lie. So, so say one of the lies that I shared with you that I believe that God's love was conditional on me, on my behavior, and when I find myself starting to feel condemned, then I have to actually say those scriptures to myself, mm. you know, that I'm chosen and, and just about how much God loves me and remind myself of that. And then choose to act opposite to what those mm. thoughts would get me to do because, as I said, I might have renewed my mind, but I've got behavior patterns that have become habits, and so I would act opposite to what I maybe feel like doing. And, you know, the only long-term solution is renewing your mind. The Bible tells us that, and... Because that, that renewing your mind is actually just simply the process that you're actually replacing those thoughts, those lies, and, and replacing them with other with other truths um, from the Word of God. And, you know, if, you, if you're looking at like a lie in terms of approval or whatever like I have, you have to actually know and believe what God says about you. Because um, if, if you don't know the truth, then you're not going to be able to replace your thoughts. And often as well you will maybe not even be able to identify the wrong beliefs and the lies if you don't know the truth of the word. Because, you know, Satan um, likes to counterfeit, and I said this, I think, in the last series as well, and the counterfeit, the intention of that is to be so close to the original mm. that it's only an absolute expert that can tell the difference. And so, you know, with a lot of these belief systems and lies, they're not going to necessarily appear so heinous and you know, obvious, they can just have a slight little twist on it and, and that's why it's so crucial that you know the word because if you don't, you may not be able to recognize that you actually believe in the lie. And, you know, the thing is God is often, too often, he's not a source of affirmation. It's not his opinion that's the most important to us. And so we step into fear of man. We worry far too much about other people's opinion and then we behave to try and, you know, keep them happy and pleased instead of doing what's pleasing to God. And, you know, um. I found this scripture last night, and I just think it talks really well into this 2 Kings 18, 20. And just think of it in terms of strongholds and, and just what you think you are protecting yourself with. 2 Kings 18, verse 20, it says, You say you have strength and uh, sorry, you say you have strategy and military strength, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? And really that's what a wrong belief system is, rebelling against God at the root, isn't it? And so you think you've got all this military strength and stuff you've built up. I mean, I might be totally just twisting what it means, but I just that really struck me, you know. Who are you depending? And, you know, I've found as well that I've had times in my life where um, I've had something that God's given me to speak into someone's life or, you know, he's given me authority in a certain area to do it. And because I fear their reaction, I maybe don't do it, I step back. And so really, I think um, the biggest way as well for dismantling strongholds, repent of them. And really a big thing is just obedience to God. Because 
if you're really focusing on that, then you know you're going to be you can't please man and God at the same time. So that helps with the fear of man, and yeah. So that's my long short answer. Great, thank you. Um, I found myself that I began to have a lot of breakthrough when I did that actual action. That was the opposite to what my, you know, my mind was telling me. So the thing you know, it's like I can't speak. I have nothing important to say. Well, sad. No, I'm going to talk in a meeting. I'm going to publicly speak. I'm going to preach. I'm gonna, you know, whatever it was, like beginning to do the opposite and breaking out of that, you know, that fear trap sort of thing and realizing, oh, that's actually a lie. Clearly, because I've just done it. Mm-hmm. And you see that in turn, then you're doing the opposite, and that behaviour and the reaction you get will will reinforce the truth now that you're trying to put in, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I think we have to like really take that step out and work in that like opposite, or then we can, you know, have victory over the self talk yeah. because we realise clearly evidence is that's a complete lie. Yep. Yeah. Fake it until you make it, and I mean that's not as bad as it sounds. You know, yeah. it's that basically when you, you know, you, you act hard because you know the truth is there and it might take you a while to actually believe it because you've got to keep putting that truth before you and keep saying it. But as you say, once you're aware of it, you actually do the action anyway and then eventually, you know, the belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so we're going to speak now a bit more about rejection. We've been mentioning that a bit, but now we're really going to dive on into rejection so we're taking rejection to mean you know considered worthless to throw out throw away you know to disregard is that your electronic version the free dictionary <laughs> 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 no that's good um do you want my paper version <laughs> so the verb refuse to accept acknowledge use or believe it's just i thought the words are just so good because it just mm. captures what it really is and it's as you said, Lena, to throw out as useless or worthless, to mm. throw out, to rebuff, to fail to accept. There I was talking about, you know, like a kidney transplant or, or, or some kind of Fail to accept. And that's what mm. is in us, isn't it, when we fear rejection. And then the actual noun, if you reject it or if you say something's a reject, something that's rejected as imperfect, unsatisfactory or useless. And I mean, that's how we can often feel, right? Am I nearly moving you to tears here, Debbie? <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm like, that sounds like my life and that's your yeah. dictionary version. <laughs> well, you know. Not my, not my entire life, so I'll just say, like, yeah. cap, cap that. But, but that's why, I mean, that's a powerful mm. tool. You look at that and you look at those words and it's wild. It just hits you in the face. You know, when I was writing down that, like I said, that noun particularly reject. You're a reject. You know, when we self-talk and we say, I'm useless, what are we actually saying? We're saying, I'm a reject. Mm. And then think of that. Now, go back to that Corinthian scripture about um, arguments and pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. So thought, Mm. so I'm saying about myself, oh, I'm useless, so I'm a reject. How's that for a thought um, and a declaration, if you say it out loud, setting itself against the knowledge of God? Because what did God say? He said, let us make man in our image. Mm. And how does that stand? Yeah. I'm a reject or I'm useless. I mean, because we may not say I'm a reject. I mean, people might say that to other people. I think, you know, sometimes people do. But how many of us have said, oh, I'm useless? Have you ever thought that or said that, girls? Be honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and really, so put that thought against the knowledge of what God says. That's yeah. like really arrogant and pretentious, isn't it? Because mm. he said, let's make man in our image. Again, that's why it's so important to just go to God to yep. 
use him as your mirror. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. So let's put a quote by Joyce Meyer from her book, The Root of Rejection. Your perception is how you see things. I want to say again that many times you feel that someone is rejecting you when in reality they are not rejecting you at all. Sometimes you suffer a lot simply because of an overactive imagination. Does anyone agree with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about anyone else, but you know when you read something and it's like the last thing that usually slaps you in the face the biggest. <laughs> yeah. That overactive imagination. I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether I'm the only queen of overactive imaginations, but to the point of when I was young, I couldn't even watch Lassie because I would get too scared because I would just... I think of all these scenarios in my head. <laughs> Even now I can't watch scary movies or it's have nightmares. So, um, But as... Um, what was the thing? That was my spot. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very good at thinking up a million different scenarios that could or would or should happen. And, and I often find myself having conversations with people. Yes, in yeah. my head. Yeah, <laughs> because of what they said. Have you listened to the self-talk podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Isn't that yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, and then I, I remember just, oh, not that long ago, someone had told me about something that had been said to them about that other person, but they'd said, oh, well, you spend so much time with, with her and her family and, and us and our family. And, and and I remember thinking, what? What does what she think? You know, and I was getting annoyed at this other person, you know, that they had nothing to do with me. But, I, yeah, I definitely um, I got my back up because I thought this is how this person's perceiving me. And it's yeah. not true. And, you know, yeah. and I couldn't actually go to that person and go, you're perceiving me this way because you told this person this yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, hey. I definitely think we do that. And, and is that overactive imagination? I mean, because imagination is a good thing. It's a God-given mm. thing, but mm. it's how we use it, isn't it? And it is that self-talk and those scenarios that we create. And, you know, I think it's, it's so true that, your yeah, perception, mm. it can be just a perception, not actually reality. Mm. And again, you know, our perceptions and our worldview and how we see things and how we interpret it is all filtered through our own belief systems yeah. and our personal experiences. And so often what we hear, and if I could put here an in inverted commas here, often what we hear is not actually what was even actually delivered. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. as I said, we will interpret that and what people say based on where we are as well at a particular time. So not just our belief systems, but maybe what we're going through at a particular time. Um, you know, if we're in a pressure situation or God is dealing with something or if we're allowing the enemy to bring condemnation mm. and we're feeling particularly sensitive about an issue, someone could say, like you said, Lena, that throwaway comment, something totally innocent that was not intended and we actually take it on. And um, so that's a perception as well. As, as we've said before, the trouble is the enemy's always happy to energize a situation and, and the minute that we give him ground by taking offence, and that's what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. where you get, and, you know, we can take offence for what someone said about us or to us, or we can even take offence on behalf of someone else, which is yeah. dangerous, but we do do it. So the minute that we do that, we give him ground, or if we're feeling slightly irritated by a comment, and then we start that self-talk and, and silent conversation about, 
what we think they were saying. How dare they say it? And why don't they? The, and you know, this used to be mine. Why don't they just come and say it to my face and come right? It's not like I can have this conversation yeah. that I'm having in my head with them. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just snowballs from there, doesn't it? And you know, we've always got to be aware and always try and pull ourselves in and be aware of the bigger picture. Mm. And the bigger picture is Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know, not in that order because he'll steal and destroy and then kill. So it's you know. Um, but we have to guard our every thought because he's always, always looking for an entry and looking for that foothold. And, mm. you know, our overactive imaginations give him this ground far too often. And I think girls in particular do this. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we don't have any rights. We have no right to those silent conversations. Mm. Well, so come here, I'll say this, I'll do mm. that. We don't have a right to even do that, you know. And, you know, if, if someone says something that you perceive to be insulting or wrong, then go and talk to them nicely and deal with it. As the Bible says, nip it in the bud, because otherwise it becomes this whole frenzy, doesn't it? A feeding frenzy of us energising it and, you know. Trying to tell some girls the other day at work, like, such and such is doing that, oh, and it's making you feel like this. Well, they don't know that. Like, yeah, go and talk to them. Yeah. How many times am I telling my child? Talk about it, talk about it, easy words, don't just look at it, easy words and talk it through, hey. And and even there, you've got to have wisdom as well, because there may be times when it is a genuine thing you have to talk, and times when you might just go and blabble over them, when in fact it was just you being overly sensitive or in a bad place and you were reacting from that. So you've also got to be able to weigh that up and, and just yeah, decide, yeah. you know. You know, whether or not we're engineering something in our yeah. minds to be bigger and far worse than it was in reality because yeah. of our personal backstory yeah. and where we at and and you know I read a quote once somewhere that was really good about you need to be careful that you're not projecting your own developmental needs onto someone else so yeah. God often is dealing with you in issues in your life and you might project that onto someone else and that comes in the form usually of accusation well you doing this you doing that when actually it's you that's doing that yeah, yeah. I've noticed sometimes like if you pray in a group of people you can sort of See where people that just because like they'll be praying for something and like that's you know see such a reflection of their heart mm. sort of thing and like that's the same in the negative yeah mm. so you know I just have a nutshell piece of advice just to sum that up sometimes we need to just get over ourselves <laughs> so try and talk nasty to the person if we can't yeah, yeah. Okay. Um so let's read Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Fear a man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Alright, so let's talk about what the Bible means by the fear of man. Debbie, thoughts? Fear of what others think of us. Mm. That's my nutshell. Wait, I must, I must have smaller nuts than Carol's <laughs> 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 She's just got a big notebook. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Here's <laughs> what I was saying, my nutshell is slightly smaller than your nutshell. <laughs> Man's the oak tree. 
it's, it's when like the opinion of man means more to us than God. You know, mm. we can think about what we're wearing, you know, how we decorate our house, what are, what we're saying and not saying, you know, how our kids are dressed, how we're disciplined in our kids, you know, the degree we picked, the job we picked, you know, what will this person think of it, what will they think of me and like everything in our life can be based upon what someone else thinks of you. Not to be defensive, but girls, remember last year we actually did a whole thing on the spirit of man, so it's just pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so we're just going to recap that again. <laughs> Repetition. <laughs> no, but yeah, as you said, Lena, fear of man is just basically when man's opinion matters to you more than God's. You might not, you know, you don't always see it like that. Mm. But when you're so consumed with someone's opinion, and often it's the opposite to what God says. I can remember um, there was a situation I was dealing with a couple of years ago, and I, I had to go in and actually speak to someone and bring some correction. And you know, I agonized over it for weeks, um, just you know, making sure my heart was right towards Him and the way I would deliver it and whatever. And um, you know, it didn't go well, but God had warned me about that as well. And I'm like, well, God, if you know that it's going to be like this and I'm just going to end up getting whacked and accused or whatever, not physically whacked, but, you know, accused, um, why do you send me in? And, and he really showed me that, you know, part of my ministry and stuff, there's going to be times when I'm going to have to go in and speak. And, you know, because he gives people warnings, he gives them chances, and he usually uses people to do that. And so... There are times when they won't react in the way that you would hope, but he still wants you to go in and do it. And so that was one of those kind of situations. But, you know, afterwards coming, you know, there was a lot of lies and stuff that came out of that and accusation. And, and, and you know, I was sort of, I suppose, in a pity party about it. But why do I have to take this away? And, and God just, like, got me to, to hold my two hands up, like, as far apart from each other as they could go. And he's like, okay where is this person's opinion of you? And I'm like, over here. And he's like, what's my opinion of you? And it's like, opposite over here. And he's like, so what's the problem then? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, right. Kind of told myself, <laughs> and, you know, if we were both in the same hand, we would have had a problem, right? But, but really, so it's, it, it is that when man's opinion matches more than God. And, and, and often what happens here is that we'll end up compromising to gain some sense of acceptance or to gain approval from mm -hmm. that person because we're worried about their reaction and we fear what their opinion is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, really, you know, we allow that that opinion, that fear of man to rule our lives rather than the freedom we have in Christ Jesus to be ourselves, mm. which is really important because God designed us for a purpose. You know, he doesn't want us to be another person and change who we are to fit into someone else's idea of us. So, why do we even concern ourselves so much with the opinions of others? Because we don't have our identity or our sense of worth rooted where it should be. It needs to be rooted in Christ and what God says and what God thinks of us. And if it's not rooted in there, then we are going to look for approval from wherever that we can get it. We're going to look for affirmation from others instead of God. And it's because then we're looking for affirmation and approval from them that we actually care about what they think about us um, because their, their opinion of us is... We don't want, you know, that's important to us because that's where our proof is coming. We don't want them to reject us. We don't want them to disapprove of us. Um, and, and we don't want them to disapprove of anything that we do or maybe anything that we don't do. So it's really about where your identity is. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you know, not trusting the heart of God and believing what he says is true. Yeah. 
I was just thinking, why did I even go to the dance? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but no, I'm not, not, I'm not yeah. having got no, you. I'm no, just saying what you said is bang on right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so true. Yeah. So what does the Bible mean? It says, you know, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. So what does this mean? It'll trip you up, make you divert your focus from God to man, and it can capture you long-term in fear and rejection. Yeah, I like that long-term, captures mm. you long-term. Yeah. Yeah, really traps us into like this cycle of like addiction to this other person. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's addiction mm. to another person. That's good, Lena. Mm. That's true. That's what it does. Yeah. 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 Do you want my paper dictionary definition? Go, yes. go, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Snares of devices, and I just use this because they also, mm. you know, just really resonates. A device for trapping, a flexible loop that is drawn tightly around the prey. I was just thinking of those words when I was writing flexible loops. So mm. at first it doesn't appear, yeah. you know, it appears harmless and you've got a bit of room for movement mm. and then it gets drawn tightly and pray as well, that mm. word of pray. So anything that traps or entangles someone or something unawares, yeah. their game. You wonder sometimes how people get trapped into like a 20-year friendship with someone who's totally rubbish towards them. Yeah. that exact thing. It's yeah. like the frog in the blender or in the boiling pot, not the blender. <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> <It's like>, <laughs> traumatised. But, you know, like just gradually, it's just gradually the heat's getting turned up mm. and you're not even noticing. And mm. that was like you're saying, Lelina. And, you know, the problem with the snares as well, the more you struggle, the deeper you become entangled. Mm. Um, and, and, and think about that for a moment in terms of fear of man. Being so concerned with another person's opinion is a snare, it's a trap that entangles you. Um, you know, and I shared earlier that I'd look for affirmation that I didn't receive from my father, and that meant I met, um, I can't even read my notes, sorry, I worried about people's opinion, and I waited longer than I should have to step fully into what God had, so I need to be sure I had it all right. And that all came out um, from a fear of man. I didn't want to make a fool of myself. And you know, I said as well that I had a sense of shame. And even now, like at school when it's Easter hat, bonnet parade and all this kind of stuff, like I can't stand, I can stand up and preach and not feel any shame and stuff. But anything like that where I have to look a little bit ridiculous or make myself doing something that I consider ridiculous, but it's not even just, oh, I'm just being a drip and I don't want to do it. It's just this mortifying, deep shame. That I, <laughs> I was just thinking I'm the total opposite. I'm like, yeah, make fool me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be really good in one of those yeah. like full-on bodysuits like Mickey Mouse or a bear or something because no one yeah. would see me. Like a mascot. You know, and, and I don't know I've yeah. had a lot of people, especially, you know, some of my younger teacher friends try and encourage me by buying me bunny ears or, you know, trying to sort of coerce me into doing it and, you know, every other teacher's doing it. And, and it's more, I like really came to realise it's more than just a, like, oh, I don't want to do it, I'm just being a bit of a drip. It really was this deep, mortifying mm. shame that I had. And it's out of that, like, I don't want to, what are people going to think? I don't want to do anything that I feel would make me look like a fool. And you know what the worst thing was, hey? So last year, like, okay, I gave into all this peer pressure and thought, okay, all the teachers are wearing hats for Easter Bonnet Parade, and you have to actually walk around the hall with your class and all the parents are watching and the whole school and everything. And you walk around, like, one by one, the class, you know, teacher at the front. So I gave... <laughs> Nina's laughing. I gave in to the... It sound like they're really serious. Well, it is for me. <laughs> I have sleepless nights. I gave it and decided I would wear this jolly hat and just do it, blend in. Because then I'm trying to tell myself, well, you stand up more if you're the only one not doing it, okay? So just do it. So I borrowed my niece's hat. But the problem was... 
they then decided to decide, judge the teacher's hat, which teacher's got the best hat, and guess who won? You did. And so, of course, then I have to go up on my own again and get more attention. So, it's like, oh. so this year it was just bunny ears, but I did get a photo and get put in the local newspaper. <laughs> because people can see you on the dance floor looking really stupid. <laughs> I was so good. I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, I just don't care anymore what other people think I look like. They yeah, enjoy it. completely stupid. I could have seen it. Yeah, have fun. question can I just I've just got a few um, consequences of sneeze but maybe I'll save it till next week then eh? yeah I'm think, getting the signal uh, yeah I think save your wisdom well, are you dancing we're gonna have to stop it Russ you won't take it seriously <laughs> all right um so we've had a, a lot of laughter in this podcast session so I think it's time to call it a night um, so just to, to quickly recap, you know, we sort of, we've looked about how, stop giggling, seriously, I'm trying to be serious. We've talked about how, you know, our perception can really affect how we take certain things. You know, we may think that someone's rejecting us when in reality they're not rejecting us at all. So something gets, it's, sometimes it's simply because we're suffering from that overactive imagination as Joyce was talking about. And we talked a bit about Proverbs 29-25, that fear of man will prove to be a snare. So I think um, a really great challenge for everyone this week is to get into Proverbs 29-25, have a look at that verse and just real have a think about whether there's anything in particular, you know, that there's... They're still giggling, this is ridiculous. Um, have a think about whether or not there's, you know, any places in your life where you've you realise you're really, like, addicted to the opinion of man. So thank you very much for listening. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can pop onto our website, life-house.net, or you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, Life House Ministries. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>